Welcome back to Big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. Welcome to your Origin 3 preview. Um, look, a lot of notes to go through here, and we've obviously, obviously talked about um, a lot of this stuff already on the podcast, especially yesterday when I put out the Brad Fittler SEN interview reaction. I sort of went through all of the points that he made about his selections and you know, reacted to all the questions that were being asked uh, to him by, you know, Joel Kane and Scope. Um, so if you want to go back and listen to that one, it's a pretty good podcast. We react to the first 10 minutes or so of that interview. Uh, it's a really good little, uh, I guess, reaction. And, we, and you sort of get to hear my thoughts on all the selections that he's made and all the questions being asked. It's a really good podcast. And it technically previews the game already because it goes through pretty much all of the points, uh, you know, the key points at least going into game three. We'll go through all those points here as well, obviously, in this preview um, of the game. And I guess the first point really is Bradman Best. Bradman Best being selected over Burton, over Targo, over Will Penasini, over Katoni Staggs. You know, there's a few guys on the list in front of him. I'd even say, to an extent, Gutho being picked there before would be ahead of Bradman Best just... But you look at Bradman Best's form this year, you look at how he's played for the Knights, and I guess consistency is an argument against him, but I guess the Knights as a whole haven't been consistent, so you can't judge one player's consistency if the whole team hasn't been consistent. And we know why that is, because they've kept changing the spine. You know, KP's obviously gone to 5'8 during the year and just recently returned back to fullback. So there's been a few spine changes. I think Ponga back to fullback and having Gamble at 6 has been one of the best things, I guess, for Brandon Best. Having Hastings at 7, giving him good ball as well has been fantastic for him. Uh, so I guess that's a benefit for um, Bradman Best, and, and he's looked really good with Jackson Hastings as the halfback next to him. Look, I guess my only query is experience. You're going into this game, you picked a very older, a much older side, I would say, uh, with some of the spine members that you have picked. Uh, as reeks of experience other than Bradman Best, him and Keon Kalamatungi, who are debuting in this game, potentially Spencer Lanya, but we'll talk about that um, in a second. You know, you've picked a very experienced Blues team, but you obviously have picked two debutants, one of them being Bradman Best. Now, Keon Kalamatangi, the difference between him and Bradman Best is that Keon's been in the squad before. In fact, he's been in the squad, I believe, for the whole of last series, whereas you've got a guy like Bradman Best who hasn't been in the squad at all before. The only lick of origin that he's had is in the under-19s game. Yes, he had a great performance, um, but we don't know if he's an origin player in this arena yet. And I really don't want to have that narrative for Bradman Best of. He gets selected, he plays, um, and you know doesn't have the best game in game three, and then he's brushed going into next year if Brad Fittler's still the coach. You know, I think that he's got a lot of potential. He's a very talented player, very fast, very big and strong as well. Uh, and yeah, his defense this year has been very consistent and not many teams. Uh, I was listening to a stat on SEN the other day. It's not many teams other than the Panthers that have scored on his side. Um, and there's actually tape that, that proves that as well, Joel Kane was saying. Um, so very good stats in terms of his defense. And I think that's what you want as well. You want a uh, really good defensive center. Bradman Best is one of those. So look, I'm very keen to see how he goes. I'm hoping that he does really well. But, you know, look, if I was picking this side today, I probably still would have Burton. I probably still would have Burton at center because he has been there before. 
And I think, as I've said a number of times in, in this podcast, it makes the Guffo selection make a little bit more sense because obviously Burton goes into a roaming lock role and Guffo, he goes into the centres and plays that centre role um, off the bench, which I don't mind too much, but it makes more sense then. We've got no plan for him and he's going to come on wherever and hopefully it works. It makes a little bit more sense. And I think that alludes to our next point, which is the bench rotation for the Blues and the forward rotation as well, I think is a big part of that. Um, obviously, you've got two forwards on the bench being Isaiah Yo and Jacob Saifidi. Those are the on- only two forwards you have on the bench. If you count hookers as a forward, you've technically got, technically got three. But, uh, you know, in terms of middle forwards and edge forwards, you've really only got two. Isaiah Yo, where does he come into this game? Does he come on at lock like he's been playing for the past few games? I'm not really too keen on him in the front row. In terms of an impact front rower, Isaiah Yo doesn't scream out at me at all. Um, you know, no disrespect to Isaiah Yo, but he's an 80-minute roaming lock forward for me. He's not an impact um, front rower off the bench. He's a big boy. He's definitely got a lot of size on him, but he doesn't scream impact off the bench to me. He really doesn't. Um, then you've obviously got Jacob Saifidi. Yes, he's been there before and he's done very well. Um, happy for Jacob Saifidi, but it was really out of nowhere, particularly when he hasn't been in the squad all year. And he's only recently just come back from injury as well. So it doesn't make too much sense having a guy like Jacob Saifidi coming into this side when he hasn't been playing too much first grade this season. He hasn't really. I think he's only played about five or six, maybe even seven games of first grade this year. Maybe just more than that, but I believe he's been injured for most of the time. So, um, you know, to have a guy that hasn't played too many games this year, only recently, maybe two or three weeks ago, returning from injury, I don't think it's the best idea to be having Jacob Saifidi in this origin side. Uh, And it alludes to the next point of having Gutho or Robson on the bench. We sort of talked about it a little bit yesterday in that SEN reaction. Um, Look, I don't mind Gutho on the bench. I think it'd be better if we knew where he was going to come into this game. It'd be a lot better if we knew where he was coming into this game, but we don't. And I think that's a scary thing for New South Wales. I feel like Fittler's expecting an injury and then Gutho is going to be the Lord and Saviour. But if there isn't one, and fuck, I really hope there isn't, you know, where does Gutho come into this game? Does he come on as a roaming player through the middle? Certainly not. He's quite a thin body, and I think that he'd get absolutely flogged through the middle, and I think that a lot of uh, the front rowers for Queensland, particularly since they've got a massive pack, would be targeting Gutho through the middle if he was brought in in that roaming capacity. And again, it's another reason to pick Burton because he can play that roaming role. He's big enough, and his defense is good enough to be playing that roaming role. So I don't think he's going to be coming on through the middle roaming. Then you obviously think, okay, maybe he comes on in the centers, but who are you moving into the middle? Are you moving Stephen Crichton or are you moving um, Bradman Best? I wouldn't be moving either of them out off their edges, to be honest. I'd be keeping them both at center. So I think that rules out center. Wing, probably not, unless Adokar doesn't go too well in defense and you have to chuck Gutho on onto the wing. I think it's a bit of an insult to chuck Gutho on the wing, but maybe that's the way to go if, as I said, Adokar isn't defending too well like he has in the past two games. And no disrespect to Adokar, but it's just it's just what it's been. He hasn't really been defending too well um, in both game one and two. A lot of the tries were leaked down his side. You put Gutho onto the wing. So that's one possibility there. If, you know, Teddy gets injured, and I think it's a slim chance, but if Teddy gets injured on Knockwood on that, I fucking just jinx that. Um, you know, you can chuck him on at fullback. 
but you can't really chuck him on unless there is an injury because as I said, I wouldn't be putting him through the middle as a in a roaming capacity. Maybe chuck him on an edge back row and have him playing, you know, a second center sort of role. I just don't think it's worth it, to be honest. I really don't. I would rather, and this is potentially going to happen as well because we've heard a lot of rumors suggesting that Spencer Lanyu is going to come onto the bench, but he will come in for Gutho, um, you know, because he has been training really well during the week and it could be a blitz play mind game sort of thing. But what's the point of having mind games when it is game three and we've lost the series already? I mean, if you're going to pick a team, just pick a team. Put Spencer you in there. I think that's the best way to go for New South Wales. Uh, and it makes the bench rotation make a lot more sense. And it actually looks a lot more dangerous as well because Race Robson can play that roaming sort of role, a very Cameron Murray style of role as well, going through the middle as a ball player. We've seen him do it before when Granville was still the 14 and he was coming on to play hooker. Uh, and then you'd see Robson going through the middle. We have have seen it a little bit. We've also seen it at Canberra just before Hodgson left where Hodgson would be playing that roaming lock forward sort of role, which I actually think suited Hodgson a lot because he loves to get into first receiver. I think that Robson is much the same and he's got a very good body shape to be that roaming sort of uh, lock forward role. He's a very similar body shape to a Cameron Murray. Um, so, look, I wouldn't mind to see him coming on in that role if Cook is to play 80 minutes. I think Cook should be playing 80 minutes, and that's another reason that you pick Burton in this side because he plays that roaming sort of role, and it'd be very good and dangerous for the Blues to have those bombs going up in State of Origin. I think it'd be very, very dangerous. Um, but, yeah, look, we can't keep reminiscing on Burton because he hasn't been picked. Um, so looking at this game, if there's no changes and Gutho stays in the number 17 jersey, I'm very, very scared as to, you know, how this bench rotation works with the forwards. I think you're expecting Jake Trevojevic then to play the full 80, if it sounds like, and that's a very scary thought as well, particularly when he's only literally just come back from injury. He's only played one game of NRL and he's been brought into this blue side. Uh, his defense is great, but fuck, it's tough putting uh, bringing him back just after returning from injury. Um, and you're expecting him to play 80 minutes or thereabouts. You're also expecting uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard to play big minutes unless you're wasting four interchanges on two forwards, that being Jacob Saifidi and Regan Campbell-Gillard. Um, you know, does Cam Murray maybe move to an edge? Keon Kalomatangi um, comes off and then you put Isaiah to 13. Is that how that rotation is going to work? Um, you know, Keon Kalomatangi, we've seen him come into the middle. So maybe we see him come into the middle at some stage of this game and play a front row forward role. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how this bench rotation works and how this forward rotation works as well. Uh, but I'm more interested to see, one, how they use Clint Gutherson, and two, if Cook plays 80 minutes, how do they use Reese Robson as well? If I had to pick one of those guys to be coming off the bench, I think I'd probably go with Robson just because, um, you know, he can play hooker, but he can also play in the forwards a bit. I don't think I'd be changing any of the outside backs. The only reason I change an outside back is if they got injured. I don't think I'd be changing too many of the outside backs. I love Gutho, love his work, think he's had an outstanding year, but I really don't think that I'm going to be, um, you know, putting him on for any of the outside backs. I just don't think... You know, in terms of how this rotation's been this series, I don't think I'd be using him in that capacity. Um, and uh, as, unless one of the backs got injured, it's great to have him there. But it's almost, it was almost like you're hoping for that to happen um, as Freddie Fitler. 
So Lenyu potentially set to come in. Um, uh, apparently, he's been training really, really well for New South Wales. Uh, as I said, I really do hope that he does come in because he would just be so dangerous um, for the Blues against the Maroons, particularly against that really strong Maroons forward pack. He's just a mongrel, and he reeks of origin. So, keen to see if Lenyu does come in. I really hope he does. Um, it could be Teddy's potential last game, and that's massive. That is huge, particularly because he's been in the origin arena for the past few years you know you've got to look for a successor after teddy and there's a lot of guys that come up we'll sort of somewhat chat about who's next but we'll also talk about the fact that yes this could be teddy's last game in blue and you'd want the blues to win obviously with since if it is tedesco's last game in a blues jersey you'd want the blues to win could also be cody walker's last origin game as well because he is you know hitting that mid-30s sort of age gap. Um, So is Teddy a little bit. I mean, I think Teddy's more so in his early 30s, but, you know, they're both getting, you know, into that stage where they're, you know, very close to retiring from representative football. Josh Papali'i obviously recently just retired from rep football. I think he just turned 30 or maybe just after. Um, So, yeah, these guys are definitely close to retiring uh, from rep football and, um, you know, I think Cody more so due, due to the fact that he doesn't really get in there for me unless uh, Luai gets injured because I think they'll go back to Nathan Cleary and Luai going into next year if there is a new coach. Um, so, yeah, I think that Cody could definitely retire from rep football. I think Tedesco, if this isn't his last series, I think the next one will be. So it's potentially his last game, which is, I, I reckon, huge for the Blues. And as I said, they need to win this game uh, for him if it, if it is his last game. And I think he would have communicated that, um, you know, with Freddie and with the boys as well if it is his last game. So it'd be very interesting to see how they come out if it is his last game. Uh, in terms of guys who are next, I mean, Scotty Drinkwater's in the reserves. You'd imagine that that is the plan that Freddie wants to go for. Um, keep in mind that they've obviously come out and said that reportedly Freddie could be the coach going into next year and they'll have an overseer. Don't need a dumb made-up role. Just get a new coach. I think that I saw today on Fox League that Boyd Cordner's name had been thrown into the mix, a guy that's been there in one series as a captain. I don't mind that shout at all. He was obviously the last captain before James Tedesco. Really don't mind that shout, actually, um, Boyd Corner, because he has been the captain of the side. A lot of the boys in the squad would know him. Uh, I think that's a great shout. Um, you know, there's a lot of other guys that we've listed before, and we've obviously had to talk about this on the podcast before. So if you want to go uh, and have a look for that podcast, you know, it's a, definitely a good listen, as they all are. Um, but, yeah, look, I mean, in terms of who's next for me at fullback, Dylan Edwards, I think they said it perfectly on Bloke in the Bar. He's, he's, you know, cursed with the fact that he plays very similar to Tedesco. And, you know, if Tedesco's style of play isn't what they're looking for, quote-unquote, you know, why pick Dylan Edwards if they have a very similar style of play? Uh, so, you know, it's, it's quite hard for me. It would be Dylan Edwards. I just love his form at the moment. He's almost like a young Tedesco, to be honest. He's a very, he, he reeks of young Tedesco for me. Um, and I actually love his style of play and, you know, the, the way he runs the ball as well is awesome, Dylan Edwards. And, you know, with palming with the opposite foot step. So, for example, he'll palm with his left hand and step with his right foot. Uh, and it's just impossible to tackle him like that. Uh, he's got a very interesting running style, which is, you know, unbeatable. He runs great lines. Uh, he's great in support play. So Dylan Edwards, definitely a great shout. Scotty Drinkwater, the difference with him is he, he almost plays like a second 5'8". He loves both sides of the ruck, whereas Tedesco, I feel like this year at least, has been, um, you know, 
in games, he's either on one side or the other. He's not usually going down both sides of the ruck this year. And for the Blues, he was very left-side dominant because obviously that was the Penrith edge and they kept going down there and finding nothing. Um, but, you know, I think that Scotty Drinkwater, as I said, he almost plays like a second 5'8", and he goes both down both sides of the ruck, particularly down the left as well. But, um, you know, he links up with his 5'8", really, really well. Um He's, he's been playing great footy as well. He's been in great form for the Cowboys, and I think that he's definitely a great shout. You know, other guys that are in the conversation are obviously Latrell Mitchell and Tom Trojevic. Um, For me, I don't know if Tom is going to be in there next year, depending on his injury runs. I mean, I, I just think he's unlucky that his body's not built for rugby league. I just really think his body's not built for rugby league. He's a great player. He's The way he moves is so unique and, and dangerous, but... Um, yeah, I just think he's just one of those guys where his body isn't built for the sport. Um, and he, and because of that, he's been battered with injury, absolutely battered with injury. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, in terms of the guys that are next, there's a few guys that I've named there. Gutho being one of them as well. His form has been great defensively. He's one of the better fullbacks in the game. So there's a few guys to pick from, and it's going to be a bit of an interesting headache, but a good headache for the Blues to go with next year if Tedesco does retire from rep footy after this game. But yeah, very interesting chat. Tedesco, potentially his last game. Um, now, talking about Cody Walker, and we're talking about origin in the future as well. Is Cody Walker a temporary solution or the plan moving forward? He's obviously not the plan moving forward over the next two, three years because, as I said, him and Tedesco are both very close to retiring from rep football. So I don't think he's the plan moving forward. There are a few guys coming through that could be the plan moving forward. Luai being one of them, I think it's just an attitude thing that let him down going into game three. Um, And obviously, you know, the fans weren't too happy with him after game two either with some of the comments that he did make. Um, But he's obviously one option. There's a few guys that you could go with. Obviously, we have mentioned one of them being Matt Burton. Uh, He's definitely a guy that you could go for. Um, You know, another guy could be obviously Nico Hines. Nico Hines is definitely a good shout. And I think one of the more likely shouts, he was very unlucky to be put in the position where he was coming in and playing centre. It doesn't play too much centre. Obviously played a little bit, maybe one or two games at centre for Melbourne. Uh, A bit on the wing. I know he definitely played a few games on the wing for Melbourne. He played fullback, which, you know, some would argue is one of his better positions. Uh, But I feel like he'd be a great six next to Nathan Cleary because it takes a lot of pressure off him and he can just be the ball runner uh, and just create something out of nothing type of guy where Nathan Cleary just becomes the the guy that just puts up massive kicks and um, keeps the ball in the end of the Queensland Maroons. Um, but yeah, look, there's a lot of combinations you could go for. Luai and Cleary is obviously the main one because they've played with each other for a few years, including in the lower grades. Uh, Hines and Cleary, you can go Moses and Cleary, um, but I just don't think it's a good idea having two game managers in the halves together. Um, so I'd probably either go Cleary or Moses. I wouldn't go both. Uh, and I sort of was thinking about going both ways, but I think, as I said, it's not a good idea to have two game managers in the halves. Um, but I don't think, look, going back to the chat, going back to this game, I don't think Cody Walker's the plan moving forward. I think it's more of a let's put all the guys that are in form this year in the side to win. 
sort of move. And I think it's a great move, to be honest, because I think that Cody Walker can definitely be one of those guys to break the game open if the game goes the way he wants it to go. I just don't want to see any outbursts from Cody Walker. I want him to play a very disciplined game. Uh, and, you know, once they get on the front foot, we know how good Cody can be. So i um, very interested to see how he goes. I think in his third or fourth game now in State of Origin, in the State of Origin arena, I'm very keen to see how he goes. Um, next point here is Corey Horsburgh. Fuck, I love this inclusion for the Maroons and obviously not a fan of the Maroons myself, obviously, but, um, you know, I'm a big fan of this selection. I think he's definitely deserved a crack in origin um, and I'm very keen to see how he goes. He's actually developed his game so much. He used to just be this redhead mongrel that would come on, uh, run hard and, 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 you know, it was a very one-dimensional style of play. Coming into this year, he's not only have that you know he doesn't only have the he runs good lines he runs hard but he also has developed a bit of an offloading game which is so dangerous for Canberra uh he's got a bit of a step on him now as well his footwork's improved heaps um but yeah his running game I think is the biggest part of his game because you know it's not often where you see Corey Horsburgh run run a wrong line this year especially um and yeah as I said his ball playing has gone through the roof it's probably why they've chucked him in the 13 jersey because just because his ball playing just adds another dimension to his footy he's actually got three or four dimensions now to his football um so I think that's going to be so dangerous coming off the bench because you just don't know where he's going to go. He could go at lock. He could go in the back row. He could go in the front row. I think he goes in the middle and just goes, goes berserk and, and he plays a very old Corey Horsburgh style of play. But it's very dangerous when he has a bunch of other dimensions in his game that he could use as well. And I'm very keen to see how Corey Horsburgh does go. Jesus, what about that hiccup, eh? Um, that's a bit of phlegm in the back of the throat for you. Munster, I think he needs to get more involved for the Maroons. It's been very DCE-dominated side. Side, sorry. Um, if the Maroons do go on to win the series, I think it is a two-horse race between Collins, uh, not to win the series, sorry, to win the game. It's a two-horse race for me between Cherry Evans and Collins, Lindsay Collins, that is, for man of the match. Um, but if the Blues win, I think it's going to be either Moses or Walker. Um, I could be a smoky of uh, Jake Trevojevic, but he's only come in for one game. Um, so I think it's going to be either one of the halves for the Blues. It'll be Moses or Walker for me. I actually think it'll be Moses if the Blues win, because uh, I think that he is just going to go to another dimension of his game. And if the Blues get on a roll, he'll be super dangerous. Um, but yeah, if if the Maroons win, I think it'll be a two-horse race between Munster, uh, sorry, between DCE and Collins. And it's because Munster, I feel like he gets involved sometimes for the Maroons, but I haven't seen him get involved too often. As I said, it's been very a very DCE-dominated side. Yes, he gets involved when they're obviously they're spreading the ball out wide and he takes a few runs himself, goes for a bit of a step, but I just haven't seen him get too involved. It was a very dominant year for him. I think it was two years ago now when he bleached his head. That was the year that he just had a fucking dominant year for the Maroons. It was all Munster. Uh, and we sort of really hyped him up a lot because he was playing really good for the Maroons. Um, but, you know, this year, I feel like it's been more DCE. And credit to DCE. Fuck, he's just, you know, coming out with all the pressure. Is Who's the better halfback, Cleary or DCE? All that pressure on his shoulders. Comes out in game one, kills it. Goes into game two, does the exact same thing. If he goes into game three and wins by a substantial margin, which I hope not um, as a Blues fan, you know, I think that he 
could definitely be a shout for man of the match and maybe even player of the series. Um, but as a two-horse race, as I said, for me, between him and Lindsay Collins at the moment. But, you know, looking at this as a fan of rugby league, I'd love to see Munster get a little bit more involved for the Maroons, and I think he'd be very dangerous going down that left-hand side if he does get a bit, little bit more involved. Look, I think the Maroons just need to stick to their game plan, just stick to the things that have been working for them, um, and just their style of play has been fantastic. And I think it's going to be really easy. Uh, obviously, they've got Reese Walsh out, which is massive. We haven't even touched on that yet. Um, but, you know, having AJ Brimson coming into this side, it's going to be very easy for them to stick to their style of play because he's pretty much, you know, embodies everything that Reese Walsh does, whether it's the speed, the running game, the short kicking game, um, just everything that Reese Walsh has been doing. AJ Brimson does in club football. So uh, he's going to be very, very dangerous. AJ Brimson, I almost think that AJ's a bit faster as well. So that could be very dangerous um, for the Maroons. But yeah, as I said, I think it's a very, very similar gameplay, very, very similar game plan for me. And look, that's pretty much all of the notes I have here for State of Origin Game 3, a long podcast. Uh, I've been dribbling about State of Origin for the past 25 minutes. So let's get into the bet that I'm going to be putting on uh, for State of Origin, almost an anytime take for State of Origin. Now, uh, if you were to put on New South Wales head-to-head, which is what I'm going to be going for, that pays $2.25. Stephen Crichton is paying $2.95 as an anytime try scorer. The Hummer is paying $2.75. You put those three bets on, it's $14.50 as a three-leg multi. Now, for some reason on sports bet, you can't put um, Moses Man of the Match into that multi. It doesn't let you put that all into a multi. But Moses, as a Man of the Match, is paying there for Moses as man of the match if the New South Wales Blues win. I think that is outstanding value and I think it's definitely definitely a possibility for sure um, for Moses to get that uh, man of the match if the Blues win because I think he's just going to play out of his skin if they do end up getting the win. Now, if you're more of a Queensland Maroons fan, and that's more so tailored to a New South Wales fan, but if you're more so a you know Queensland fan, and I will cater even though it hurts me, um, look, I think that a great bet for a Queensland supporter to put on would be Queensland 1-12. to I don't think it's going to be 13 plus. I think the Blues at home are going to bring it. I think it's the... F- you know, it's the first game for the Blues at home. I think they're going to play really well considering that, you know, it could be Tedesco's last game, as we said. could be Cody Walker's last game. They're going to play well. Um, you know, a little bet to chuck on there could be uh, Queensland Maroons 1-12. That plays, pays $3 with Blue Bet. Uh, a cheeky little same-game multi separate to that would be Cody Walker to score, Hamaso Tabuai for Doe to score, and under 40.5 points, $26. It's a bit of value there. Um, for the little same game multi. I'm not going to chuck that one on, but it's just a suggested one here. $26 for Cody and Hammer to score and the game to be under 40 and a half points. Not too bad. Um, if you want to go for a bit of a value bet, since it is a very dominated South Sydney spine, you could go Keon Kalawatangi as an anytime try scorer on the edge. $4.75 with Blue Bet. Not too bad at all. Uh, yes, I know I have used two different betting platforms, but I guarantee that the odds will be quite similar. Um, so make sure you gamble responsibly. You could win some, but you can also lose more. Gamble responsibly, guys. And look, for Blues fans, try to enjoy the game. I know it's going to be very, very hard to, but try to enjoy the game. And hopefully New South Wales 
you know, don't let Queensland get all three games won. We don't want to sweep, put the brooms away. We don't want to sweep New South Wales Blues 13 plus. One.